Welcome to Martell's Movie Madness. This is your host, as always, Ryan Martell. And I am here on this week with um, Dylan McKinnish, formerly of The Blood Libel and Pig Mountain. Uh, we get to, we talk a little bit about David Lynch, and uh, I'm not going to lie, we mostly talk about wrestling and music on this episode. There's uh, movie talk whenever I can squeeze it in, but it is a lot of uh, tangential stuff going on here. Uh, of course, before we get into the interview, I've got dates to plug and the What You Watching segment. Uh, not a lot going on on the What You Watching segment or the dates to plug this week. Uh, I've only got two dates. I've got uh, February 11th at VizArt Video uh, is the Cult Movies in the Cave, uh, Bad CGI Sharks. Um, and February 12th at VizArt Video is the Martell's Movie Madness Live. Uh, it is going to be a mystery movie uh, with the theme of Black History Month. So come on out. It could be anything from uh, Petey Wheatstraw to Tales from the Hood and anything in between. Um, so come on out. Those are both free. Of course, donations are encouraged for VizArt Video uh, to help them keep doing cool events like this. Uh, now that VizArt Video is a total nonprofit, it is going to be... Uh, a lot more cool stuff happening over there, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for the dates this week. Uh, of course, for more updates on stuff like that, follow us on social media at Martell's Movie Madness on Instagram and Facebook. And at Movie Madness 69 on Twitter. Um, yep, yeah, now we're going into the uh, What You Watching segment. Uh, pick of the week is going to be Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Uh, I just rewatched it last night uh, on Netflix. Uh, it's a lot funnier than people give it credit for, I think. They don't, uh, it's a very underrated movie. I gave it a 4 out of 5 on the Martell scale. Uh, so go check that one out if you haven't already. If you have and you haven't watched it in a while, go ahead and revisit it. It's definitely worth taking a look at again. Um,. Another thing I watched on Netflix was What Did Jack Do? It's a David Lynch short where a David Lynch plays a detective who is interviewing or interrogating a monkey who has possibly committed a crime, a murder. Uh, it's very entertaining, very weird, uh, very David Lynch, and I gave it a 4 out of 5 on the Martell scale. Uh... Next up, I watched. I went to the theater and saw The Turning. This is my uh, new release. Um, the Turning was okay. Uh, it had some legit creepy moments. It had a lot of. It had a lot of ways it could have went that would have been very good and satisfying. It did not go that way. Any of those ways, it went a completely like 360 from where it needed to go to be a satisfying ending, but. Uh, all in all, it wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was just okay. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, last but not least, I watched Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, which we kind of talk about on this one, I think. Um, that might have been something we just brought off, off brought up off, off record. Uh, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Uh, I honestly think it's a better movie than the first Dead Snow. Um... It's, it ups the splatter, it ups the gore, it ups uh, the comedy, it ups everything that the first one had. 
and it's just an overall fantastic movie. Uh, I gave it a four out of five on the Martell scale. So go ahead and go check that one out. That one was one that I rented at Vizart Video. Uh, I don't know if it's stream. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but uh, you can definitely check it out somewhere. I'm sure. <clears throat> so yeah, like I said, those are all I got this week for the what you watchings. Um, uh, pretty sure this interview is a little bit longer than most of them, so uh, the short intro will be good for that. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy. Uh, here's Dylan McKinnish. Episode of your show. <laughs> be like, who's this fucking boring ass white guy putting me to sleep? No, that's me. I mean, when <laughs> Dylan McKinnish talks you to sleep, that's good. That's a good show. I'm gonna try not to manhandle the mic standing to where you're getting all this like. Yeah, don't manhandle the mic, Ben. I don't. Don't mansplain anything on um, the show. I won't transplain either. Don't do that either. Seeing as how I'm sizz, so that doesn't work. <clears throat> all right. Um, so we're here with Dylan McKinnish. Yep. Formerly of the Blood Libel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Former drubble, drummer for Pig Mountain. Y- yeah. Good he buddy Good buddy band of Dr. Teeth back in the day. Oh, dude, I fucking miss Dr. Teeth. That one dude said on that event page for Breed... Uh, breed, what is it? No, it was uh, it might have been breed fest. Yeah, breed fest. He was like, Pig Mountain and Doctor Teeth. What in the cousin fucking Alabama is going on <laughs> at this show? Like, yeah, dude. It's like, a- yeah, we're fucking from the woods, man. I mean, what the fuck do you want? Like, our, some of our family members have three teeth all together. I mean, I've. I mean, I'm from Gaston County, dude. Like, I've lived in Gaston County my entire <clears> life. So, I mean, I just. I don't even try to hide it at this point. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> fucking white trash through and through. I live in a trailer. I watch wrestling, and I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I mean, my Instagram handle is Trailer Trash God, so I don't hide it either. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to the show before. I've listened to the episode with with Mr. John. Okay, here. so you know we do an interview, and I like to start out by asking everybody what you've been watching. What I've been watching. Oh Jesus. Uh, um. I've been a fucking jock here lately. I've been watching like I've been watching a lot of sports. Oh man! <laughs> I know I've been watching football. That's surprising coming from you. I, I know, but uh, I don't know, dude. I, I I enjoy a good athletic competition. I don't know why. I just started watching football recently and getting it more into it. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's weird being a a pro wrestling fan and then like this shit is like. Everyone already knows that it's, like, fake and everything, but, dude, if you ever... Or even, like, MMA, you ever bring up, like, the fact that UFC is a work? Oh, yeah. People don't like it. Oh, goddamn, they get fucking... They get mad as hell. It's like, dude, have you watched how they're presenting this, though? It's seriously like watching a Memphis promo from the 70s. Like, I feel like I'm watching fucking Buzz Sawyer shit-talk somebody. Like, there was a a pay-per-view last weekend, uh, and there was a fight with Holly Holm, and... Um, I can't remember who she fought, um, but sh- they were like up against the cage, yeah. and I-, I was going. I was like, "Look, they're calling spots. They're calling spots. They're calling spots. And the referee are like, like, "You go home in two minutes." <laughs> my uh, brother and his friends did not find that very, very funny. No, dude, I've, I've done that before. Like, mentioned that to, to people at uh, at my old job. Like, one dude who was like, he mentioned he's like, "No, I don't watch. 
I don't watch wrestling, man. That's fucking fake. I watch real sports. And I was like, really? Do you only watch documentaries, too? Yeah. Like, I don't watch movies, man. Movies are fucking fake. I'm like, whatever, dude. Loser. <laughs> he doesn't watch any TV shows. Yeah, anything. exactly. It's just the news. Yeah. The news <laughs> the and news documentaries. And fucking National Geographic shit. Like, I only watch the news and fucking Arctic Fox specials. Oh, are we going to count the prices right as real? Because that, I mean, maybe. I mean, it might be a work, dude. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like Drew Carey's got some, got some um, carny roots. He was the, on. He's in. He was in the Royal Rumble one year. The guitar player for Killswitch Engage won uh, the showcase one time on. Uh, Holy shit! Dude. On pr- the Price Is Right, That's yeah. Fucking funny. Which one, Adam? Yeah. yeah. Like he fucking needs the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking loaded from like recording like Norma Jean and Unearth and shit. Yeah. Um, him. Who else? There was somebody else notable that was on. Uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking yeah, Bad was on. Breaking and Bad. He, he made it to the very end and lost by like forty. He overdid yeah. like forty bucks. It's fucking wild. I do. I do go back and watch Aaron Paul on The Price Is Right because, like, dude, he is like out of his fucking mind on that show. And like, I think I remember seeing that. And like, isn't that the guy from the Thoughtless video? The corn. <laughs> he goes to the prom with that hot chick and shows yeah. all the preppy kids what's the what? dude from the Honey Smacks commercial, oh or was it Honey Combs? Dude, he's in a um on, on me and Mark's series where we watch like old commercials. I can't fucking tell you how many times we have seen Aaron Paul and Johnny Knoxville. Just randomly fucking pop up in these like commercials from the nineties. Like Knoxville was like all over like nineties commercials. He's in like several Sprite commercials. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville was the guy for a minute. Yep, and then I think me and him talked about that last time. I'm like, dude, I, they're seriously making a fucking Jackass four. Oh man, it's that's gonna, gonna be, be so hard to gonna, watch. It's gonna be sad. It's gonna be a bunch of dudes gagging and throwing up because they can't do the gross shit yeah. they used to do when they were fucked up on drugs. I was about to say yeah, because they're all like sober now, mm-hmm. so like really, really get like Johnny Knoxville trying to like yeah. do some crazy stunt. He's gonna be like filming's gonna be postponed for a month because he's gonna be fucking injured. Yeah, uh, they're all in their fucking forties, almost fifty. Um, what is your earliest movie memory? Uh, Jesus. Uh, Could be something you saw on, like, a movie you caught on TV, or... Um, the earliest movie memory I have is watching Terminator 2 on VHS when we had, uh, we had rented it. And I remember it was the part where T-1000 gets blown apart with that fucking grenade round. Mm-hmm. And his, like, head's just, like, hanging on a part of his mind. He's like, ah! <laughs> and I remember that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And I also remember um, obsessively watching The Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. I still, yeah. still love The Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is sick. I got um, uh, the the Muppets Wizard of Oz mo- uh, like last year. Yeah, it was on a random VHS hunt with this girl I was seeing at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually pointed it out. It was a DVD. But still, I was like, I gotta have that. It's, it's Wizard of Oz. It's yeah, Muppets. It's I Muppets mean, and Wizard of Oz at the same time. I mean, I haven't seen that, but I would, I would actually totally watch that. That and I, I did watch Return to Oz not too long ago. The one oh like, yeah, the Balk. Dude, that I love that. That movie's fucked yeah. up. I can't believe it's that was good. made for kids. Yeah, it's <laughs> a dark one, but it's very fucking good. And I think it's a Disney property, so yeah. like, you might get that on Disney Plus. Totally perhaps. is Disney. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus. No, it's probably one of those that want to sweep under the rug along with Song of the South. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's not quite that bad. No, Jesus Christ! But they definitely don't want to acknowledge. They're it. They're definitely not paying any any attention to that or Song of the South. Uh, a, a commercial block that we watched at Mark's not too long ago from like 1985. Mm. 
had a fucking trailer for Song of the South in it. It was yeah. like getting like re-released in theaters in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, what the? Fuck? I had like a Disney's Greatest Hits tape as a kid, <laughs> like a like a cassette tape, and you yeah. to do in the car, and like Song of the South, like uh, the Zippity Doo was on there. Yeah. And like I didn't think anything of it because I had never <clears throat> seen the movie. Yeah, still haven't seen it, but like. Uh, it's like wow, this movie's a racist movie, and I've never seen it. Never, uh, but like that, then that raises the question though: like, am I a racist if I want to see it, just for like no historical purposes? No, it, it, it. I mean, it'd be like it'd be like considering yourself a racist for like watching a Holocaust documentary. You know, yeah, because you're wanting to learn about it doesn't mean you're you know. So supporting. so, is it acceptable for a white man to seek out the birth <laughs> of a nation? Oh shit! Well. Fun fact: um, That actually got a Criterion release. Oh wow! Because and yeah. it got some, it got some controversy because the whole point of Criterion releases is like, it's films that had a huge cultural impact. Yeah, and that's the thing. Birth of a Nation, yes, racist piece of shit movie, but also it did have a huge. Cultural it was like impact. it was one of the highest grossing films of the it's, like of the time. It's considered one of the first American horror movies. Yeah, yeah, and it's it was also one of the I believe it was the first talkie that was like. Oh, I don't know. That was that was like released like. Oh wait, no. I might be getting I might be getting my racist movies mixed up. I might be thinking of the Jazz Singer. Because oh. the Jazz Singer was. Is one that a racist first. movie too? Uh, yeah, that's one where Al Jolson wears blackface. Oh, okay. And says "mammy" a bunch, but when you dig into it, it's actually about how like Jewish immigrants were losing their identity and had to steal other identities to find their own. It's actually got like a really deep meaning, but all anyone remembers is Al Jolson in blackface. <laughs> That seems like the most memorable thing. <laughs> That's all anyone's going to remember from it. I mean, there's a movie called Soul Man that exists with, with C. Thomas, Thomas Howell. Howell. Yes, I'm I'm aware of and that. And I'm just like, how did this get made in the 80s? I know, and Botch wrote the a song 80s. about it. C. Thomas Howell as the Soul yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking Ponyboy Curtis in Blackface. That song is fucking face. sick. Dude, because Botch is fucking sick. Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for... I think I read an article not too long ago that like Botch should have been as big as the Dillinger Escape Plan. Dude, Botch, the, without Botch, there would be no Norma Jean, Norma Jean or none like, of that shit. Or like, yeah, because like no one was doing this like, hey, let's take metalcore and make it fucking weird. Because mm. like, man, like it's really weird to probably gonna go off on a tangent here, but it is really weird to go back and like look at late '90s hardcore, like watch yeah. like Hellfest '99, and it's all these dudes in like baggy jerseys baggy ass shorts and like fucking mm. dunks are all, all everyone yeah. wearing a fucking pair of yeah. Nike dunks <laughs> fast forward three years later when 18 visions is fucking skyrocketed and now you got yeah. a whole room filled with kids fucking skinny jeans and the and, swooped hair and yep wearing eyeliner and shit and, yeah. and when 18 visions did that they got they got called every homophobic slur in the book yeah. and like were, were ridiculed but they were so heavy that no one could fucking deny it and then yeah, everyone started ripping off their entire look, and it got really weird. I remember going to hardcore shows and feeling like the outcast because I wasn't like super glammed out because I would just yeah. be wearing like jeans and an Atreyu shirt. I'm ashamed to say that I was really into Atreyu. <laughs> yeah, I had an. I think I had an Atreyu shirt too. Oh, dude, so I, you're in good I, company. I had several. I had the one that was like, it was just the Bacardi logo that yeah. said Atreyu. I had two, uh, two, not one. Two Avenged Sevenfold t-shirts, so... Yeah, see, Avenged Sevenfold was... They were a bit after my... Because I remember, like, checking them out, and I was like, wait, this just sounds like Motley Crue. Like, where's well, the... Well, that fucking... That, first, the, that album, the, the Unholy Confessions, yeah. was actually pretty metalcore. But, like, after that, it was just, like... 
it was like Metallica post haircut. Exactly. Because yeah. I remember thinking that I was like, I was like, this is this is that band everyone's like loving right now. Like they're good, but I don't I don't get why hardcore kids are all over. There's no, no breakdowns. I don't at all. I did not. After that that one album, there was no appeal for me. Did you at happen all. to did you happen to hear when Eighteen Visions did their comeback album not too long ago? No. Oh, dude, it's oh, actually, yeah, I did. It's, it's they're just like because they like, had that one music video with uh, Andy from Every Time I Die in it. Yep. Yeah. Who was now a fucking AEW contracted dude, wrestler? Yeah, yeah right. Fucking weird. That's fucking insane. And did you happen to see their debut? Yeah. When the crowd was like. I what? felt really bad for the crowd for the, for them because of the crowd, but like the crowd was like, "Who are these people?" And and even even Shivani and like Jim Ross are like, "Who?" Like yeah, they should have fucking they should have they should have put them out. They should have debuted them in uh, New York because they were gonna be in New York. Yeah, exactly. Like two weeks later. Yeah, they should have debuted them in New York and all, like yeah, you got to get to a crowd that like already that knows, knows who yeah they knows are. who they are. Because to because to me I was like, wait, there's just like people still make debuts coming up through a yeah. fucking hole in the ring. I mean, it was cool. It, I liked that part. It was. It felt very dusty, like and you then, tell. But by was, the end of it, though, people were reacting to it. So yeah. that, that it just takes. I guess it just takes a minute for the casual audience to kind of register. I, new I didn't people. know who they are. I was just like, wait, is that Andy from Every Time I Die? What but, the fuck? But back in the day, dude, like back in the nineties, like it didn't matter who the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. If it was somebody coming out from the ring, you were fucking going off. Oh yeah, dude. Like so whatever, you were blowing your fucking shit. Like when, oh, like when Kane debuted at that Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, and yeah. Then the Doug Furness spot where they ripped the cage off. Nobody fucking nobody knew who Kane was. No, but it, like the uh, only reason you did though is because of Jim Ross saying that's gotta be Kane. No, it was Vince McMahon. Oh, either yeah. one. Yeah, either one of them said gotta be Kane. But you, with with Butcher and the Blade show up, they're like, who are these guys? Like Excalibur. He was the only one that yeah. knew. He was He's like, oh, like, that's the Butcher and the, the Blade. Butcher and the Blade. Like, yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird debut. Somebody said that uh, if they were going to do, like, cold debuts like that, they should give it a week before they actually say who it is. Yeah, definitely. Which, I guess, works. Um, that's neither here nor there. This is this is a movie podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. We, no, no, it's good. We, we do this, like, me and John got on um, fucking... What was it? We got on Victor Salva, <laughs> and we stayed on that shit, that and James Gunn, for, like, a minute. I mean, it's hard for like because I don't really get to talk about wrestling with that many people. Yeah. So whenever I like, I can talk about wrestling with someone. Yeah. That's all we're gonna fucking talk about now, dude. I, I want to do an episode talking about how movies and wrestling are the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's a lot of parallels too, man. Like being in like a touring band. Yeah. And being like an independent wrestler, it's oh, basically yeah. the same fucking thing. It's the exact same thing. Like you watch the Wrestling Road Diaries, it's like, dude, they're crashing at fans' houses, and they're like, we can do laundry. Fuck yes. Like yeah. it's exactly like being on tour, like. Taking a shower or, like, doing laundry is, like, a fucking privilege. Uh, do you remember the first movie you ever saw in theaters? Oh, Jesus. Uh, man. Yes, I do. I was four or five years old, and it was an American tale, Fible Goes West. Nice. I barely remember anything about it, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I saw The Little Mermaid in theaters, too. Like, because I, I, I... Sounds was, right. I was, I, was a, I was a young kid around the time of that, like early 90s Disney yeah, renaissance. the revival. Yeah, because uh, I think I saw Beauty and the Beast in theaters, too. I definitely remember seeing Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in theaters, <sighs> but I was, like, nowhere near alive when that movie came out <laughs> yeah, originally. Yeah, was, like, in, like, the 50s. So it was, like, during that, like, that, that run, like, you're talking about, where they were re- revamping yeah, all the stuff. It. I would love to watch that now just because of, like, how amazing the fact, like, that's all hand-drawn cell yeah, animation. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous, dude. That's... That's something I kind of miss about, like, 
modern animation in general. Like, I appreciate, you know, like, my, my sister and my brother-in-law, like, still kind of poke fun at me because the first time I was watching Frozen, I was just like, man, the rendering on that water is really good. Like, the water looks so yeah. fucking good. Do you have any idea how hard it is to animate water? And, yeah, but, like, that's what I'm noticing more than, like, the characters or how funny Oh, it's insane, are. dude. The fucking, the hair in this yeah. shit. Oh, uh, we watched, uh... When, when uh, in the, the Incredibles, they did, like, a whole little, uh, yeah. mini documentary about how it takes, like, six months just to, to do the hair. Um, we, last time I was over at my sister's house, we were watching, uh, Moana. Yeah. With her kids, which I didn't know had the rock in it, by the way. But, yeah, uh, yeah, But, uh, but I was just really impressed the whole time. I was like, dude, the way that they're doing their hair, like, that's what I'm more amazed by than, like, <clears throat> all these, like, crazy character designs and shit is like no the way their hair is like moving yeah. with the wind that's fucking amazing because it is so hard to animate if we could get them to apply that kind of love and time to a wrestling video game that won't ever happen <laughs> that won't ever happen because all we got now is fucking WWE because the 2K fucking, because the hair on wrestling video games always is oh, fucking dude, terrible dude even on like the really good ones like like some of those like Playstation 2 like Smackdown games which are like some of my favorite games to yeah. play yeah you get a you get a fucking guy with long hair Every time they run, it's like glitching through their face. Mm -hmm. it's like it just looks bad. And, and from what I've heard, the two K games are no better. Well, the two K games are fine. I say they're uh, glitchy as fuck. They're <laughs> glitchy as shit. Which is, but it all depends on like, I think it all depends on like, what how I don't know. Mine, I haven't had much problem with mine. Yeah. But that being said, I did decide not to get twenty twenty. Because they just haven't changed enough, like That's what I've in heard the gameplay. I've heard it's basically just like a roster <clears throat> update, more or less, which is yeah. Kinda, which is kind of the flaw with most of those two K games is like it'll still have the same engine from like three years before. They just like update yeah. the roster, and they don't give you enough of like they, the, they've never given us a good career mode except for like I think that uh, one of the Raw versus SmackDowns had a really good career mode. Yes, I do remember. What, I think it was and like then, 2006. Like, yeah, and then some of the early like the SmackDown Shut Your Mouth and uh, Here uh, Comes the Pain. Here Comes the Pain is like one they of the had really games. good. They had really good story career modes, but like these new ones, just the career mode, the story mode, it all fucking sucks. Well, and I've heard like what what they're doing a lot now with like career modes and games is like they're trying to make it like so behind the scenes that it like ruins kayfabe in general, like. You got to work your way up from NXT, yeah, and you got to get over. And all it's like you're using all these like behind the scenes terms for a fucking video game. Like, uh, I don't think like an eight year old playing WWE 2K is like smart to all these insider nah. terms. I hope not. Yeah, because I think. Well, I mean, I don't fucking. We don't. I mean, well, I mean that's something that me and Mark. Try I don't to even do. know an eight year old, so I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. Like that's something that me and Mark try to do whenever we go to like local wrestling shows. We try to be kayfabe dad, because um, we don't want to be like, oh man. Totally botched that. We're just like, oh no, keep going, guy. Like we don't want to ruin yeah. this shit for kids. Be a dick. Like, oh, he totally botched that plancha. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a fucking, the ten year old kid botched like, a plancha. <laughs> That's an Eminem rhyme. Botched a plancha. Oh god, didn't Eminem have a new album come out? And then he yeah, it like, wasn't good. And he had to like release a statement like defending it basically. The whole album is him defending his last album, <laughs> and then. <laughs> He has to release a statement defending this album. Oh, I'm just Jesus, like, just hang it up, dude. Just count your money. No, it's okay, though. It's not terrible. It's not the worst thing in the world. He did have two, a song about his dad and a song about his stepdad. And I'm just like, okay, you want to kill your stepdad and you want to piss on your dad's grave 
You're 50 years old. Like it's like, dude, older I, than that maybe. It's even. like Cage. Like he wants to talk about how Cage. Like because remember how Cage like was like, yeah, this dude's just ripping me off. Now Eminem is just even further more ripping off Cage because Cage was putting out albums about pissing on his stepfather's grave in like 2001. <laughs> like, dude, he already got that shit out of the system. It's insane. But I did like the album cover because it has that. Uh, it is an homage to uh, Alfred Hitchcock's music to die by uh, to be murdered by. You would not expect that from from Eminem. Yeah. Fucking Hitchcock. Reference. And it does have like it has Alfred Hitchcock like skits throughout the thing too. I used Which to work. Cool. I used to work with a dude who was like serious diehard Trump guy. Like had Trump socks. Oh, like the hat and like all this shit. And he was like, "Yeah, man, Eminem's the greatest rapper of all time." I'm like, "Dude, I guarantee Eminem is the only fucking rapper you ever <laughs> listen to." And he's like, "Why, dude?" Man? And he was like, "You should love Eminem, man. He hates Trump." I'm like, "That is not a fucking qualifier for me to like somebody." Yeah, that is not a selling point. You have to actually be good at doing yeah. what you do still. Like I'll give him, I'll give Eminem those early years because he, uh, yeah. he put out some good shit. But uh, as problematic as it would be if it was released today, oh, it was still fun to listen to in the nine in ninety seven. Yeah, when I was seven years old. <laughs> God damn, make me um, feel old. <clears throat> fuck, what was I gonna say though? I had something in my on my mind about Eminem or uh, something related. What to about it. about how Eight Mile could be called White Privilege the musical? Oh man, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> that's basically what it is like yeah man he's gonna go in and he's just gonna take it back for the white man that's more or less what the film feels like when you watch it now I've never looked at it through that through that lens I, before I, I mean, watched it not I watched it not too long ago and I was like Jesus this seriously just feels like you know colonize an industry that's kind of what it feels like <laughs> it's like he's just going in and he's, he's reclaiming hip hop for the white man Ugh. at least that's how I feel but I'm also a, a woke SJW beta cuck so yeah, <laughs> way to kill the flow of this shit. Uh, we just pour more segue. funny down my head. Yeah, we pour more funny down my head. Um, so you you like horror movies, right? Um, yes, to an extent. Okay, what are some of your favorite horror movies? Um, this is gonna be a very mixed bag. Um, Repulsion by Problematic Polanski, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Evil Dead. Um, the Exorcist and Hereditary. Those are like probably those are good ones. Those are those are probably my my four big ones. If I had to make it five, oh, let's throw a shitty one in there for good measure. Oh, I don't know. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Blair Witch Project too. Okay, <laughs> the movie is a pile of shit. You, you had me. I was like. He said he was going to throw a shitty one in there because you said Blair Witch Project. Then you said two, and I was like, okay. Exactly, because I enjoy the first one. There's our clincher. But the second one, have you ever, like, actually read into what the original premise of Blair Witch 2 was going to be? No. That it was going to be a completely different film where it was more focused on the cultural obsession of Blair Witch and how, like, these people kind of lost their minds thinking that it was so real yeah it turned out but what happened is the when he presented it to i think it was artisan entertainment that did that one and they were like what is this we want gore in this so the dude seriously (laughs) on the final day of production goes into his backyard and shoots some like throwaway gore scenes that end up like becoming the main source of a fucking movie and like it they also did little things that changed the whole tone of the film. Like, I love Marilyn Manson, but Disposable Teens is one of the worst fucking songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and the film opens with Disposable Teens playing. 
<laughs> Originally in the screenplay, it called to be playing uh, Frank Sinatra's Witchcraft. Mm. And there's a that's not hip enough for no for the no, early no, 2000s. We, no we're, we're putting we're putting pod on this soundtrack where the goth chick's about to run over some fucking ghost children in the road yes. can't have frank sinatra up in this shit no fuck that but Get like that out of here the original intent was like to and a guy on youtube <clears throat> recut the opening sequence with frank sinatra's witchcraft over mm-hmm. it and it's like a flyover shot of these like woods and, and maryland it's a really really great shot and then he puts it it puts what they ended up going with with marilyn manson's disposable tees he's like See how this immediately changes your entire perception of the yeah. film? You don't take it seriously with this throwaway Manson song that I swear is only put on Hollywood as satire. Because, <laughs> I mean, the chorus for the song is, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I, I swear when, when Manson presented that album to the to the label, they were like, we need a single on this. Was Disposable, that was the one that Christopher Daniels came out to, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was! When he was the Fallen Angel. Yeah. Oh god, I remember that. Had to bring it back around to wrestling somehow. Of course. I'm glad to see him like getting some respect too and like actually because yeah, like, yeah. 'cause they're they're actually like commentators are putting him over as like a dude that's been at this shit forever. Yeah, I don't think he would have I don't th- I think even if WWE had signed him or brought him in for any whatever, I don't think he would have gotten the respect he would have gotten anywhere else. Well no, I mean WWE. especially well especially not in, in fucking Vince McMahon's WWE. No. Like he he's too small. He would, yeah. have been, he would have been jobbing yeah. out to fucking Bobby Lashley on SmackDown in 2005 or some Jesus bullshit. Christ. And they're still trying to shove Bobby Lashley on our fucking throat. Listen, I love Bobby Lashley. Don't get me wrong. Like, I wow. love Bobby Lashley. You're the first person I've ever heard say that. But WWE handles him completely fucking wrong. TNA had it right with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, just make him an unstoppable fucking monster. Yeah. He just has to be that guy. Like, he's got to be the big beast. And, yeah. like... If you try to make Bobby Lashley talk, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you're going to put your fucking audience to sleep. If you try to make him be a good guy, you're going to have a bad time. No. But if it, you make him a good heel, there yeah, we go. Yeah, wearing that stupid fucking headband. Give like, him a fucking like mouthpiece. It's because he doesn't have eyebrows. <sighs> fucking draw him on. Like, draw him <laughs> <up>. Fuck it. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, who are your favorite directors? Well, Jesus Christ, we're going to be here for a minute. Oof, because um, I don't know how many of the uh, art house nerds listen to your show, but uh, my favorite director all time, hands down, is Ingmar Bergman. Fucking love. I just watched one of his movies not too long ago. Which one? Uh, Seventh Seal. Oh, good. Well, that's a good yeah. one to start because, like, a lot of the times whenever I'm turning people on to Ingmar Bergman, I'm like, dude, you gotta watch Persona. And I'm like, why am I telling people to watch Persona? That is like an absolute mind fuck of a film yeah. that I'm still wrapping my head around and I've watched it over 50 times. But yeah, Seven Steel, that's, a, that's definitely a good one to start with. But yeah, favorite director, probably Amar Bergman, number one. Underneath that would be David Lynch. Just because, I mean, goddamn, how can you not love David Lynch? Lynch is going Lynch. There, uh, I actually saw a meme earlier today that was like, if I was in charge of Netflix and I had a, a budget of $17 billion to spend on original <laughs> content for the next year. They were like, I would just write David Lynch a $100 million check and just get the fuck out of his way. And that shit comes up. That most recent season of Twin Peaks was one of like, the greatest fucking things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it really was. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Like, there's not too many people I can talk about because most people just watched the original seasons yeah. and the movie. But, dude, That'd season be, three. That, yeah, shit. season three. Fucking blew me away, dude. Like, people were bitching about it, too. Like, like I, I don't even know what happened. 
why would you think you were going to know what's happening yeah, going into a David Lynch Did you know what happened thing? in the first two seasons? Exactly. Hell no. Like, no one does. And does anybody know what happens in uh, Mulholland Drive? No. Well, I got into a, got into a very extensive discussion with a, <laughs> with a buddy of mine not too, not too long ago about how, about how no one he didn't have any... He's like, why the fuck... Like, why do I got to have a cheat sheet to understand this fucking movie? And I get it. But also at the same time, I'm such a pretentious asshole that I love that shit. Oh, I love that movie. No, like, no, hands down. Like most of my most of my favorite direct, like because the the third director I'm going to go with is is possibly more pretentious than David Lynch because I really love Andre Tarkovsky. Yeah, I don't know if I know any of his movies. Uh, I don't know the name. So Tarkovsky did. Um, he unfortunately passed away before he ever got to do a whole bunch. Um, he did a film called Stalker in the late 70s that I would seriously recommend checking out. If you're a fan of David Lynch, you would really, really like Stalker. Um, Stalker is about this place called The Zone and it's... He's a Soviet director, so it's got like... There's a lot of political and religion. I'm not a Christian at all, but Tarkovsky's films are incredibly Christian. But I dig it, because I mean... To be a Christian in Soviet Russia was actually like pretty brave because yeah. they would they would censor the shit out of your art, but um, but he does a film called The Stalker or just Stalker where it's about these people that will take you to a place called the Zone. And what the Zone is, it's this place that reads your deepest most desires. So like for instance, a guy goes and his he's like I'm going to the Zone because my brother is terminally ill and I want him to be saved so he can live but that's not what he really wants what he really wants is a bunch of money and so that's what he's given yeah it's kind of got this twilight zone twist to it to where like you know like i'm going here to save my brother i'm actually just going to get a bunch of money i've got what i wanted but i'm miserable knowing that i let my brother die yeah for the whole thing and, and <clears throat> tarkovsky and like a lot of the actors and, and crew members that worked on this film ended up dying of weird uh lung mm. cancers because they were like working in this industrial area of Estonia where there was like hydroelectric plants and chemical plant mm. runoff into this water that they're like yeah. wading chest deep in. Yeah. And there's like there's snow with what, what looks like snow and that's actually like just fucking chemicals falling out of the sky. Ooh. And uh, yeah, Tarkovsky shot that movie in 78. He was dead by 86. Damn. And so are a lot of the actors involved in it. So it's it's kind of heartbreaking when you go back and watch it, but also at the same time, it's like one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, he also did a film um, that was remade with George Clooney, uh, Solaris. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with the existence of the remake. Yeah, see, that the, the original one is like, way, it's like existential sci-fi. Yeah. So, like, that's 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 what I like with, with Tarkovsky is he'll... He'll kind of take a genre and turn it on its ear. Like you go into Solaris thinking it's going to be like, oh, okay, they're trying to find this this weird planet that's putting out radiation. That and and it turns out like I don't really know how to explain Solaris, man. Basically, you watch it and at the end of the movie, you feel like you're homesick for planet Earth. Just <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I, I watch a lot of fucking weird movies. A lot of pretentious, snobby art house films. I mean, when I watched Crawl in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was glad I didn't live in Florida when I left. Because <laughs> it was a shitty, overcast, rainy day. I've and I was just like, man, if we were in Florida right now, we'd gators everywhere. <laughs> I, was, I was actually seeing a girl who uh, who was living in Portland at the time, and on Valentine's Day one year, 
She went to go see the movie Her by herself. Oh. Yeah, she said that... I haven't seen it, but I understand how that could be a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, she said by the end of it, her and the five other people that went to go see it by themselves that day were all crying. <laughs> like, I can't think of a worse movie to go see by yourself other than, like, I don't know, The Brown Bunny. Is anyone anyone a fan I, of Vincent Gallo? I know of I, I know of the movie, and I know, like, uh, Vincent Gallo. <laughs> and I know that, what, what John's alluding to you over there. Yes, with the <clears throat> unstimulated fellatio with Chloe yeah, Sabini. Yeah. That's all anyone knows about that movie. All that I know about that movie is that that movie ruined my fucking weekend. <laughs> that movie is fucking heartbreaking, dude. Cause, like, well, I also know that uh, was Robert, Roger Ebert said that it was fucking atrocious, and then... Uh, uh, he watched the director's cut, which is actually shorter, shorter. than the, the original. Yeah, cut the, of festi- it. the festival cut is a is a self indulgent nightmare because yeah. it's an extra thirty to forty minutes of just shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, and yeah, the 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 final cut that he did actually is way better. And and yeah, uh, Roger Ebert and Vincent Gallo got into like a very public yeah like public war of words where like that is what I know it most for. <laughs> he that. said that he said that Roger Ebert has the physique of a slave trader. Like <laughs> wow. And like he said that he put a, a curse on he, he's like, "Yeah, I saw a witch doctor and put a curse on Roger Ebert's colon. That's why he's having colon cancer now." Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then fucking and then but Roger Ebert didn't even miss a beat. He was like, "Yeah, well, footage of my colonoscopy was more entertaining than the brown bunny." Like, oh fuck. But yeah, in, in, in later years, Vincent Gallo even admitted that the colonoscopy bar was like pretty good, and that he like, because Vincent Gallo, man, that guy used to be a real piece of shit. I love Buffalo '66, mm. but hearing how he treated Christina Ricci on the set of that film, it's like it's kind of hard to like that movie now, yeah. man, because he was a real asshole. To I, well, I didn't know anything about that, and I, I had a I watched it last year. It's a good movie. It's okay. I didn't really. I liked what he was doing. Like I liked uh, the, the the premise of it more yeah. than I liked the actual meat of the movie itself. Well, me and my friend Devin speculate that um, that Billy Brown is a virgin, or that he was a virgin until he went to prison, and that he, we believe he was uh, raped in prison. Mm, okay. Because remember when he's in the bathroom? It's I don't know how how recently you've seen it in the in the op- like one of the opening sequences. You know, he's trying to find a place to piss. Yeah, for like ten minutes. Yeah. And he goes to the bathroom, and that guy's looking at his dick. Yeah, and he at can't first, miss. Gl- and at first glance, you think, "Oh, this is guy just being homophobic because he just drops the f word like crazy," you know, and gets very uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like me and Devin are like, "I don't know, man. We think the guy might have been raped in prison, and that's why he's so fucked up about that intimacy would make and everything." But that would make a lot of sense. But Gallo's never elaborated on it. Yeah, and Vincent Gallo's kind of a weird guy. Like he, like on his website, you can actually, you can. You can buy an evening with Vincent Gallo for twenty thousand dollars, but you have to be a young, attractive woman. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Like he pimps himself out, but only for a very exclusive clientele. Yeah. It's he's he's taking the piss. Obviously. I mean, if you have if you have twenty thousand dollars to spend on an evening with with him, yeah, I would spend it on someone else other than Vincent Gallo, someone who's not going to sit around and talk about how misunderstood and how much of a genius they are, like Buff Bagwell. <laughs> oh, By the way, I recently found out that Vincent Gallo was responsible for that heroin chic fad of the the mid '90s. He was the photographer that started taking pictures of emaciated women. As oh a, wow! As a means of turning uh, turning the fashion industry on its upside down, like that was mm-hmm. his whole point. Was like we're gonna photograph aesthetically ugly people and pass it off as beauty. But I don't know. He sounds like a dickhead, but I like the Brown Bunny in Buffalo '66. One of my problematic phase. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know about the brown bunny because I haven't seen it, but I didn't really care for. Uh, well, it's okay. It was a good movie, but <clears throat> I would say that I'm not going to rewatch it anytime soon. Probably. I mean, Buffalo it's, 66. It's it's kind of a. I don't know why I like that movie so much. Mm. Honestly, um, I don't relate to any character in that movie whatsoever. I think I just I think I just like watching movies and TV shows about pieces of shit. <laughs> like, because one of my yeah. favorite movies is Taxi Driver. Which can immediately, good God, if you're on a fucking dating site, you mention the Taxi Driver or Fight Club or Rick and Morty, yeah, yeah, or a Clockwork Orange or things that you're into, and it's immediately and understandably going to send up some people red think flags. you're a douchebag. Yeah, but it's like, no, I know that Travis Bickle is a psychotic piece of shit. Yeah, That's why yeah. I like the movie. I like that the movie is fucking. I like the I like the the grittiness of the movie. Absolutely, like, and I, I like. Uh, the fact that Harvey Keitel's in it. <laughs> oh, he has a fucking dirtbag Yeah, pimp. Dude, have you seen Bad Lieutenant? No, I have not. Man, Harvey Keitel probably is, is probably his best performance. Really? Honestly. That's, that's I, and he's a fucking, yes, it is fucking great. Uh, there's there's times in the movie where there's, there's nothing being said. Yeah. But, like, it's still just, you're fucking right there. You're, you're in it. Because it's like, his body tells the story. Well, like that's that's kind of what I like about um, a lot of the, <clears throat> the Scorsese Paul Schrader collaborations, which unfortunately there aren't too many of, because you have Taxi Driver, which is like, in my opinion, the best. Then you got stuff like Last Temptation of Christ, which is mm. very different. And then you have like Bringing Out the Dead, which is kind of a slept on. You don't really hear too many people talk about Bringing Out the Dead because it's. I don't know. I don't know why it's, it's I, not I talking anymore. It. Um, it's to me, it's like a taxi driver for the '90s instead yeah. of. Um, but it's also got like elements of comedy to it. Like there's a part where Nicolas Cage, he's like a late night paramedic, mm. and he's uh, Patricia Arquette. Her father is like dying in front of her, and he's like doing chest compressions on her father and like making small talk like he's flirting with her. Oh wow! And it's. It's funny, but then when you think about it more, it's like, wow, that's really fucked up to be that completely detached from humanity because he doesn't even think about them as people. It's just a job to him. Yeah. I don't know. i am kind of got a soft spot for a lot of Martin Scorsese's, like, really fucked up character studies, like King of Comedy. Yeah, I, like, I just... I just watched it not too long ago. Did you like watch it after watching Joker? Yeah. That's what a lot of people yeah. are doing, which I'm glad that, like, Todd Phillips, like is putting that out there because King of Comedy was kind of a slept on movie like yeah I hadn't heard much about it until it, Joker came out like there's that oh my god there's that part where in King of Comedy where Jerry Lewis like turns down that woman's autograph and she just wishes that he would get cancer yeah yeah <laughs> like fucking oh god yeah I, I, I don't I was kind of surprised to see that like when when Todd Phillips was doing publicity for Joker that he was like shouting out Martin Scorsese so much yeah. like that because I was like if you haven't seen any of those, if you haven't seen Taxi Driver or King of Comedy, you're like, wow, this is a really dark, brooding character study. But if you mm -hmm. watch it, knowing that, you're like, this is just Taxi Driver and King yeah, of Comedy yeah. just with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Like, but it's still good. I still enjoyed the film. Oh, yeah. Wrong. For sure. Like, I watched it not too but long it is, ago. But it is like a perfect mashup of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. Absolutely. And it, and it helps that you have Robert De Niro basically playing Jerry Lewis's yeah, character in yeah. it. You know, I, I thought that was... And he did a really good job at recreating that uh, that that 80s New York, too. Yeah, Because it looks... 
It looks dirty. Yeah, it looks fucking filthy. Which is like, yeah, because like I've seen, I've only seen footage. Like I watched uh, Paris is Burning not too long ago, and that's like, you know, New York drag sw- drag scene in like full swing, and yeah, it yeah. looks fucking disgusting. I gotta, I gotta, I've still got to see that because I've, I've, I need to watch it's, it. Dude, it's, it's on Netflix, and it is fucking sad because when you realize it, like, wow, like ninety percent of the people involved in this are all dead from AIDS. Like, yeah, it's fucking horrifying. Uh, but uh, <coughs> speaking of AIDS, or, uh, why are we going into the career of Rock Hudson? No, we're not getting. We're not gonna get. Uh, I, I, this is actually something interesting. Uh, I just watched the uh, the documentary Squee- Scream Queen about uh, Mark Patton. Oh shit! From Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know he's like a big HIV/AIDS activist right yeah. now because he was he had or he he still has HIV. Uh, he had AIDS. And uh, lucky fellow, um, he had HIV, AIDS, and like something else all at the same time, and like he couldn't start treatment for one because it would mess up the medicine for the other. So he had to like, it's anyway. The documentary is really fucking good. Let's check that out. That sounds because really it talks about uh, it talks about all the trouble he went through being um, a closeted gay man in Hollywood, and like oh yeah, because that was back when like coming out would like ruin your career. Yeah, and people not th- and people not thinking he could play straight because of Nightmare on Elm Street two, and like I mean, them thinking that the uh, him 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 believing that th- th- it was written that way, and then the writer saying otherwise that Mark made it gay by his performance. Dude, I've watched the I've watched the Never Sleep Again <clears throat> documentary, and it's mind blowing to hear people say that, like. I never picked up on any of the gay undertones. Like, yeah. there's not even gay undertones. Like, that no, movie is that gay. That is gay. Yeah. That movie is gay as fuck. Like, when, when fucking Marshall Bell gets, like, towel snapped yeah, to yeah. death, like, and they, like, they, they run to each other at that, like, gay BDSM club. Like, yeah. how are you not picking up on this? Like, you guys were just clearly in fucking denial. Yeah, didn't want to be associated with this gay movie. But that movie, that that, that documentary is fantastic. I'll have to check it's, it out. It's really good. It, like it, I'll watch, I'll watch a documentary about shit. That, like I don't, I've never seen any of the Phantasm movies. Yeah. But the Phantasm documentary is fucking amazing. Yeah. Just watching how those films were made. Like which one you, is? You should watch the first Phantasm. I've movie. I've seen part of it. Yeah. But which which one is it? Is it Phantasm three or four that has like that crazy car wreck sequence where like they nearly killed their stuntman? Oh, uh, it is definitely either three or four, but I can't remember. I can't which remember one which it one it is, but yeah, I remember seeing that in the documentary because he goes off with like the launch pole that they have, and yeah. like, like yeah, our stuntman almost died like eight times shooting that fucking scene. Yeah, those movies are fucking great though. All of them are all of them are really good, but the first one is the best, one hundred percent. I mean, I figured if if you know if Mortician is sampling it, it's got to be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, oh, speaking of movies, Mortician sampled. Oh God! How uh, much time we got? <laughs> uh, I watched Serpent in the Rainbow. Oh shit! Uh, last summer, that movie used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. That and People Under the Stairs. Super good, man. And I was like, uh, I think we were still on the director's thing. Uh, Wes Craven, man, what a fucking guy! <laughs> that guy has had a hell of a career. Like, cause you start out making like Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah. But then you do shit like Wishmaster. And like, dude, I think I, did he direct? Did he direct Wishmaster, or I was he just a producer on Wishmaster? I, I can't remember. I think he directed the first one. I but I, but Scream and and like new even New Nightmare, like dude, New Nightmare is actually those movies movie. are fucking like genre defining. Yeah, New Nightmare was like the proto Scream. Yeah, like I'm trying to look up if, if 
I remember I used to get the Wishmaster mixed up with the Page Master. Oh wow, Macaulay Culkin. That's a fucked up mistake to make. <laughs> um, I know he did uh, fucking Cursed, which a lot of people shit on, but I think it's really fun. You're right. He, he was just yeah. He was only it was only uh, the first Wishmaster is the only one with Craven's name attached to it. Okay, and he was an executive producer. Yeah, executive so, producer. Yeah, yeah. He understandably had nothing to do with that piece of shit movie. Yeah, I, I like the first Wishmaster. The other ones are just kind of like, wow, these are fucking... I like them, but for different reasons. I do remember watching The Hills Have Eyes 2, which, like, Wes Craven admitted he made just to make money. Yeah. Which, I, you know, props for admitting you just made it for money. The two remakes are actually really good. I've heard the, that. The, the original one's good, and then that the second one is like, uh... I just remember hearing, like, in the, the, like, the remake that they did of the first one, there's, like horrifyingly graphic rape scene in it. And I just remember thinking, like... I, I think there is, but it's it's not really, uh... Well, I just remember thinking, like, that was, there wasn't any sex anything in, La- in, in The Hills Have Eyes. That was more yeah. Last House on the Left. I don't, I don't remember if it's, like, visually graphic, but, like, it's just the assumption of what's going on is, that yeah. is graphic. Um, no, it's not actually, like, a... I don't think it's actually a rape scene. It's been a minute since I watched it. Admittedly, but I don't think it's a legit rape scene. I think he's just trying to. Oh, okay. And then they get away, like they escape. But it is pretty fucking. Right. From what I remember, it is pretty like rough to watch. I, I, I'm probably in the minority <clears throat> here, but I honestly don't think that The Hills Have Eyes is that good of a movie. The I, original? I prefer Last House on the Left way more. Last House on the Left made me fucking uncomfortable, mm. dude. I like Last House on the Left good enough, but. As far as, like, a rape revenge movie, the revenge part kind of doesn't deliver for me. Oh, it falls flat. For me, it was just more of um, how uncomfortable the movie made me feel more than anything. Because Hills Have Eyes, I'm just kind of like, eh, the whole time. It's Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, I know they're not going to eat this baby. Like, you yeah, know yeah, yeah you know they're not gonna eat the baby. Like, it's because this is an American film. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually very happy to ima- uh, to uh, say that. I've watched within the last week two movies where babies were killed. So. Oh shit! <laughs> nice. Uh, one was the one that I screened at Vizart, Flesher. Yeah. They kill a baby in that, <laughs> uh, and it's a good, real graphic baby killing scene too. It's not awesome. like a cutaway. Like they kill the baby on screen. I did watch a Serbian film not too long ago, and it was like the full uh, uncut version. Yo, that movie sucks. It's just not. It's shock value. The it, movie. Yeah, it's. I feel like I had it. It was so hyped up in my head that I couldn't watch it unbiased. But still, I just don't think it was that great. No, it's just not a good movie, especially when you like. The and I don't even think it's that shocking. I think there's two parts that are really fucking fucked up. Yeah. And the rest of the movie is just like, oh, okay, this is well, a standard exploitation movie. Well, and especially when you read into the fact that like the the director is like, oh, well, this is just supposed to be a representation of how the Serbian government treated its people, and then you read into it, it's like that guy's dad was a part of the Serbian government who was, like, carrying yeah. out these atrocities that he's supposedly against. You know a movie that's like that, but actually has the fucking... It is actually the substance. Like, it has the, the, the good plot, and uh, it's actually shocking and disturbing? Salo. Oh, dude, fucking love yeah. Salo, dude. Goddamn. <laughs> who doesn't love a movie where the overall message is fascist or and, sadistic shit And you know what happened to Pierre Pasolini after that? Uh, he got fucking murdered. Yeah. So. <laughs> he made a couple of more movies that weren't that great, but yeah, I've actually got the Criterion version of Salo at the house. Yeah, me man, too. 
I'm not gonna lie. The first time that they bring out that like dinner tray with like the cover on it, yes, and shit, yes, I fucking died laughing because it's fucking hilarious. They're just like serving shit like it's food, but then the reality kicks in. Like, oh yeah, these teenagers are being like forced, forced to, to eat, eat shit. This. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember listening to Pig Destroyer for years and not realizing that they had sampled. Apart from Slow, whenever he's like reading the declaration to them, whenever they first yeah. arrive at the castle, like goddamn, I've I've got the Criterion uh, Blu-ray, but I have I want to watch the dubbed version because I've watched the Italian version. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the one I've watched. So I want to watch the mm-hmm. dubbed version and see how the uh, the translation works out. Yeah, I can't imagine how that would be. Can we pause for a second. I gotta go take a piss. Real yeah. yeah All right, we're back from the piss break. Uh, we we found out on the piss break that it definitely was Phantasm Three with the sick car crash uh, sequence. I know I feel like a total poser because I have a I have a mortician shirt that has the tall man uh, from yeah. Phantasm on it, but I, I just it's, it's a fucking sick shirt design, like dude. Yeah, I mean Angus Grimm just looks fucking yeah, exactly. menacing, and it's and it's a red print on a white shirt. Oh, so those looks, are always good. Yeah, it just looks fucking yeah. killer. I have a The Fire of the Flood shirt that's like that. Oh my god, The Fire of the Flood. <clears throat> Can we just do a podcast about all of Rick Contez's old fucking bands that he is ashamed of? Like a Closing Skyline? And oh man, a Closing Skyline. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. As it's called, Hope's Fall 2.0. I remember when uh, a Closing Skyline was a thing and like yeah, me too. when he had like that feathered hair and was always wearing bandanas <laughs> and shit. Oh god, we could just do a whole thing about all the Young Them in the Way guys, like how Cable used to be in that shitty band Iced X Out. Oh man. Oh god, there's oh. so many of those rich kid, tough guy, hardcore And a lot of those dudes, fucking old. at some point everybody in the North Carolina scene was in Zombie Guts, so... Oh, that's <laughs> fuck, dude. That fucking band, I never got why anyone loved <clears throat> him, or Seneca, or Kill Whitney Dead. Because, like, I remember seeing Kill Whitney Dead live one time, and... You know when people got most hype was during the samples. Yeah, people yeah. got more hype during the samples than they did during yeah. their shitty riffs. For sure. Yeah, that's a hundred percent there. It's like, like everybody I, went to Kill Whitney Dead shows because of the demonstration. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They wanted to see the demonstration, and that was like the only time that they. Get oh to. God! And a fucking a hero of fake. God damn. A hero, a hero of fake their plays. Yeah, as a hero I used of to fake call plays. Them. Fucking Stewart. They fucking. Dude, they fucking revolutionized that shit because now that's like common practice in the music yeah. industry. They just they just basically had payola in the MySpace. And days. I'm like, dude, like, I'm I'm sitting here thinking like maybe I should buy some of my Spotify plays. Dude, that's kind of how like I remember <clears throat> I remember telling that to Troy in the Blood Bible. Oh, dude, like, it's, it's too expensive for me. <laughs> but like, because I remember telling Troy about that, and he was like, "Why didn't we think of that?" He's like, "We'd probably be on fucking Victory Records now if we had faked our place too." Yeah, dude. All you gotta do is look at it. You don't have to actually be in Yeah, exactly. The only difference is that the Blood Libel at least had, we actually had fans. Nobody was into a hero fan. Here's the thing, you get, you get that first, you get that, you get that label, you get that deal, you get that first tour. Uh, and then you get that debt from being signed to Victory Records. Nobody, nobody comes to that first tour, so you get dropped. Yep. But, you've been on tour now. You've got a, you've got an independent label that's put out a CD or two. Yeah. Uh, now kids know who you are. Now you get signed by another label, and they actually come to those shows. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. <clears throat> but it, 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 I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how hip hop works. Dude, fuck that. Oh, like yeah, I just thought it was all about. Like I just thought if I was good and I knew people that booked shows or like 
uh, anything I could just get on shit. Nope. But like, no. No, no. hip hop is a whole nother level. If that was the case, dude, then like Brennan Campbell would be like one of the biggest fucking dudes in like hip hop right he, now. And he knows how to play the game better than I do because he's uh, he's on more way more shows than I am. Yeah, and, and even I can't, then, he's fucking. And even he's still struggling to get his like videos to crack like a thousand plays. I got a fucking I get I get to goddamn play first on a lineup with goddamn B Rad G on it from fucking <laughs> Malibu's Most Wanted. Um, yeah, because like, have you seen that? Seen I'm that? glad nobody listens to this podcast because somebody would be really pissed off at me right now. <laughs> have you seen Brennan's like that one that he did where he's rapping as Wilford Brimley? No, dude, it's I haven't. Fucking hilarious! It's like the thing is like. It's funny, but it's also like his bars are fucking fire. Yeah, and he's rapping about having diabetes and shit. I played, um, I played a show with him not too long ago. It was like Big Low was like a, on tour. Yeah, from Florida, and I played with him, and he actually gave me the best compliment I've had on my raps in a long time. Yeah, he told me I sounded kind of like. Uh, Necro and Ill Bill and shit like that, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. Because like, shit. even though I don't necessarily like some of their lyrical content, their flow and, oh, and wordplay is next to none. Dude, and Necro's production guys. is like ridiculous too, mm-hmm. man. Like, like he produced that Clockwork, uh, Clockwork Orange beat for, for we, Cage. We were talking about that goddamn. Uh, we were talking about Mark Wahlberg off off air and how he's my uh, problematic fave oh, yeah. actor. Necro's my problematic fave rapper, for sure. Oh, God, dude, like, all of my favorite rappers are problematic fave, like, fucking Big L. Dude, anybody, Big L is, like, dude, so homophobic. No, like, anybody, anybody from the 90s is, like, they. I, I think they get a pass. Yeah. Especially if they died, because, like, they don't, there's no telling if they would have evolved or not. Yeah, because, like... The only people who, like, don't get a pass are, like, Eminem, who are still trying to spit the same shit yeah, exactly. he was in 97 or 98. And can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like there are some guys that have evolved, like Dell. Like, yeah, Dell's pretty much like changed up his. But even then, like if you go back and listen, Dell wasn't really dropping too much homophobic shit. Nah, really. it really wasn't. Like it was more like, and even then, not even the Souls of Mischiefs guys like casual with occasionally, yeah. but like not that much. Like hey, you I'm, know what shocks me though when I, I go back and listen to Goody Mob, yeah. and realize how homophobic their lyrics yeah, were. Yeah, <laughs> but then you like you got to think about it, it's like man, it's a bunch of black dudes in the <clears> south. Am I, oh yeah, am I really yeah, surprised yeah. they're homophobic? Like, but then then CeeLo is also like uh, coming out with those comments about rape, and it's just like, oh wow, Oof, yeah, I really just can't fucking be publicly supporting Goody Mob anymore. I know, and it's unfortunate because their first two albums are so fucking good. They for real are. Self-therapy, uh, goddamn, I love self-therapy. While we're on music though, uh, what's your favorite movie score or soundtrack? Um, bringing it back around to David Lynch, Eraserhead, man. I fucking love the score for Eraserhead yes. because um, any David Lynch movie, they all have fantastic music in them. Well, especially Eraserhead because like um, no one was doing a score like that because mm-hmm. there's not really a score to Eraserhead. It's more just ominous, unsettling noise. Yeah, it's like a weird hum underneath. But then that ended up getting bootlegged by like every fucking horror director in the yeah. like, early 2000s yeah all just starts doing the low hum and they'll get like the aquaphone to make like the weird creaking metal noises yeah. which and then James Wan decided this needs fucking strings yeah, exactly lots of strings exactly but yeah uh, I really like uh, uh, Eraserhead score and um, another David Lynch one Lost Highway the Lost Highway soundtrack is just yeah, fucking dude. fire dude yeah cause, cause Trent Reznor was I, on that shit I rented a movie today that has one of the best soundtracks of all time 
what, Mortal Kombat? Judgment Day. Oh, shit. Yeah. Or, or Judgment Night. Yeah, there we Judgment go. Night. Yeah, dude, Judgment Night. Judgment Night. It was like, like, like Ice-T and fucking Biohazard. Yeah, and, dude, and, all those, and it's every song is a fucking, is a rap rock mashup Yeah, mashup, song. which is like, just weird, like, they were doing that back in, like, what was that, like, 94, 95? Like, that was before the, the, the crossovers were really, like, a big deal. I was trying to see if my headphones were shortened out. I think they are. Oh, okay. I thought we were having a... Uh, something was going out because we were losing a little bit of uh, volume there, but I think we're good now. Uh, but what, were we, what, what did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, we were just talking about Judgment Night. Judgment Night, yeah. Um, didn't is that the one where Onyx and Biohazard... <clears throat> yeah, Onyx that? and Biohazard have a song. It's got, like, Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth yeah. together, I think. And I want to say, like, Slayer did a song Yeah, there, Slayer's like, got a song with somebody, Ice-T probably, I think. Yeah, I think it is Ice-T. And then there's a song with Pearl Jam and somebody, too. Yeah, there's was, a lot of motherfuckers on there. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a soundtrack that, like, doesn't really get a whole lot of love, I think, because, like... I don't know. Nobody was thinking to mix those two things. It was so ahead of its time, man. Yeah, because then, like, and then maybe five or six years later, there was a compilation called "Take a Bite Out of Rhyme," Mm -hmm. which was like that was where you had like uh, System of a Down and like RZA and Jizza doing a cover, like you know, Shame and all that. Like, um, uh, God, there was another one like Bloodhound Gang and someone else on it. Like it was, but even then, that was almost like a little too late because everyone was sick of the rap. Yeah. Rock mashup by, yeah. by, by like 99 when that shit came out. Yeah, because that's when it fucking, that's when the bottom fell out. And then it was, and then it became all about like the, the, the new wave of new metal, like that flaw. Oh, uh, God. I was around for all that dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah, Taproot, No One. Pretty much the entire Ozfest 2002 lineup is like so much cringe. <laughs> you got like Motograder and Endo and. <clears throat> like all these bands that are bootlegging the bands that came before Fucking them. Fucking Head P. You know what's really funny to listen to Head P.E. and like hear how homophobic they got on one of their records in particular. Um, then you go back and like do some research. Like, oh, their singer back in the 80s was basically bootlegging Prince. Yeah. And like dancing around to like techno beats and spandex. But then 10 years later, you're going to talk about everyone's just a bunch of faggots now, <laughs> man. Like, ugh. It. it yeah, that's that's one of the it's one of the bands that I kind of like. I I still fuck with NPE to an extent because their first two albums are kind of good. Yeah, in that new metal sort of vibe. But then like, then you realize like, oh god, they're still going. Yeah, they're still trying yeah. this. And that dude is yeah. like, that guy's pushing sixty. They, yeah, they're touring still. <clears throat> yeah, I'm touring the places like fucking Ground Zero. Yeah, with like Mushroom yeah. Head and shit. Yeah. Oh god, Mushroom Head. Mushroom Head. Fuck. That was the band that like. Remember people were like, yeah, you like Slipknot? Well, they were just ripping off Mushroom Head, man. Like, no, they weren't because Mushroom Head sucks and Slipknot is actually kind of good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I hope I'm not making any enemies. I'm not, I'm not, no, no comment on that one. Okay. I, I, I do have an opinion. Slipknot is clearly the, the, the superior band. Absolutely. But, but I mean, because uh, they actually put out albums uh, that are worth listening to. I won't call Mush, I won't say Mushroom Head sucked because I did like a couple of their songs. I could never get into them. Even when I was like into new metal, I was like, I'm not digging this. Like, yeah. Because what was that one song that they had? Solitary Unraveling? Like, god damn, that shit is so corny. <laughs> Marie just trapped inside of a cage. Like, oh, stop. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> what is your go to movie snack? Oh, fuck. I don't even know. Like we will, we're going to the Regal Theater right now. 
Uh, you got you got unlimited funds in your pocket. Oh shit! I'm probably gonna grab some like cookie dough bites. And yeah, that's probably it. Honestly, man, I fuck with cookie dough. You bites. know, no popcorn. Nah, popcorn and soda. I mean, yeah, I might grab a soda. I might grab a Pepsi if they have it there. Most we'll places don't. This is a theater. This is a theater with with the beer. So you could get you a beer if you wanted. Nah. You drink half a month. <laughs> nah, probably. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to be getting anything, like, if it's one of those fancy places, I'll probably just be getting, like, a coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because, like, at the Manor Theater, you can get, like, coffee at their, uh... I got a fucking, uh, a pretzel one time at a theater, and I was just like, man, this is fucked up. This pretzel sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually just go for, like... Like, the last theater that I've been to was the Manor Theater, and they sell all kinds of, like, weird shit yeah. at, their, at their, like, concession I stand. still haven't been, but I want to go, because it looks really cool. Oh, dude, I love the Manor. They only got, like, two screens. That's where I saw, like, Birdman and, like, yeah. uh, uh, fuck, what else did I see there? I wanted to go see Jojo Rabbit there, because they had it. They were, like, one of the few theaters that yeah. had it, but I missed it. Uh, I want to say that's where I went and saw Still Alice. <clears throat> I saw Still Alice, and I was surprised at the amount of, like, old people. What is that? That's a movie where Julianne Moore has early onset uh, dementia. Oh, okay. And, like, she, uh... I, I mostly went to go see it because I love Julianne Moore. She probably is, like, my favorite actress ever. Yeah. But I was mostly surprised that you actually get to see a scene where Alec Baldwin, like, emotes and cries. Which is fucking amazing. Because when's the last time Alec Baldwin has emoted in anything? Yeah. Like, think about it. I guess you don't have to when you're the the, the Thirty Rock guy. Or I whatever. guess not, because that's kind of what he's been was. playing his yeah. entire career. But like, yeah, and still Alice, no, he's like, he's like breaking down, crying because his like wife is like hiding her. She like puts her cell phone in the freezer in the middle of the night because she's losing her fucking mind. Wow, it's a really sad movie, but also sounds very, sad. It's very good. It's okay. Um, if they were making a movie about your life, who would you cast to play you? And you can't say yourself. Um, Jesus Christ. I have no idea, because the only actor I could think to play me is dead, and that would be Philip Seymour Hoffman. But I look nothing like Philip <laughs> Seymour Hoffman. I look, <laughs> I look more like Bunsen Honeydew than anything. Uh, I was going to say Brian Pesain. Everyone always says Brian Pesain. If he shaved and like and was bald I, all I, the way? I guess... But, like, is he really an actor? He's more just a comedian that was well, signed a relapse for well, some reason. Well, he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a character actor. Mm. I consider him that now. He's done some good character stuff. He did The, the Devil's Rejects, and uh, oh, yeah, he, he was on The Mandalorian. I don't know if you've watched any of it. I have not watched that at all. It's actually really fucking I'm, good. I'm always very hesitant to check out any out of, Star Wars-related. Out of all the new Star Wars shit, uh, Force Awakens and The Mandalorian are my favorite. Yeah, I've heard that there's like a bottle episode that they did on The Mandalorian where they're just like in like a corridor of the ship for the entire episode it's just like only in one place and I've heard it's like one of the most like compelling things that's good man like I've heard a lot of good things about it it's good it's got a lot of good actors in it too I'm just kind of like hesitant to check out Star Wars anything because <laughs> it's like I'm so lost in that fucking franchise I don't yeah. know what's what anymore this takes place um god it's before um if it's before Jedi, then I'm into it because I, I fucking love Empire and the first. I like I like I like A New Hope and Empire. I, I want to say it's between Jedi and Force Awakens. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd probably give it a shot, but I just hate having to have like a fucking encyclopedia open to understand. Yeah, I don't think know? you do. I don't think you have to because it doesn't really. 
at least on the surface, it didn't have any tie-ins to the rest of the. Like, oh, okay. That I mean, obviously, it obviously it has the the empire is done or whatever. It it has all that going on. But, yeah. Uh, that's all pretty basic stuff that you don't really need yeah, anything yeah. to understand. Uh, one of the best things about it to me is that it has uh, the actor that played um, bugging out and do the right thing. Oh, fucking... Um, uh, he was also Gus in uh, yeah, uh, Breaking uh, Bad. I can't Giancarlo remember his name. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's in it. He's also in The Usual Suspects. He's the main detective. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, if you're going to watch any of the fucking... The dynamic duo of Hollywood's pedophilia ring, man, Usual Suspects is a good one. It's also very unfortunate to watch it knowing that it's a Brian Singer film with Kevin Spacey uh, yeah. in it because it's like God what horrors were happening uh, in their dressing room but not a bad movie <laughs> yeah I don't know this is what's going to happen when you have me on here I'm going to completely derail just anything. kill everything absolutely um, fucking buzzkill well I mean we, we've, we've brought up pretty much every pedophile in Hollywood so far more uh, or less <laughs> It's kind of hard we, to not when you're talking we about had, We had Roman Polanski. We got, we've got got Polanski out there. we got Salva out there. <laughs> I uh, remember, uh, Singer. I remember Eric Andre had a joke about it. He's like, yeah, we're, I'm pitching a show to ABC Celebrity to Catch a Predator. We keep getting Roman Polanski again and again <laughs> and again. Man, I'm just... I, and there's, and the, there's a petition to get him like... Uh, I don't know what, it, what it's about. It's like they want to... Let him back in America or something. Yeah, basically and I'm like, to, like to get some awards and shit. Like, dude, <laughs> like, no, fuck Roman Polanski. Like, let and, him fucking stay gone. And it's like, and honestly, like the last good film that he did was, and and even then, everyone fucking blows their load over the pianist. The pianist isn't even that great of a movie. Because <laughs> like the thing that bugs me, which again, bringing up a problematic mm. favorite here. Um, even though his movies aren't the greatest, I will applaud Mel Gibson for trying to inject some sort of authenticity to it. Like, yeah. okay, if I'm making a movie about Jesus, they're all going to be speaking Aramaic. Yeah. If I'm making a movie about fucking Mayans, they're all going to be speaking their old language. Mm. You watch The Pianist, and there's a part where like Adrian Brody's walking out, and he's like holding his hands, and he's like, I'm Polish, please don't shoot, I'm Polish. He's like, why are you speaking English? This is fucking Poland, dude. Yeah. Like, I know you're not, I know they're not having bilingual courses in the 1940s <laughs> in fucking Poland. Oh, oh. But yeah, Polanski's last good movie, honestly, phew, might have been like cul-de-sac or like repulsion i've, I've literally like 40 years ago i've literally only seen rosemary's baby that's a good one so. china uh, people would say chinatown is his best one i don't oh he did chinatown yeah okay Chinat so i have seen, i've seen chinatown too chinatown honestly not one of my favorites of his i would i would go with, if you're gonna watch any of polanski's films i would go with knife in the water repulsion and cul-de-sac those are like his best films i'd say cul-de-sac is a steal them though yes yes i would i i do, I not, do I do unfortunately have Criterion versions of all yeah. these films, but I bought most of them uh, secondhand on eBay. Yeah, okay. So that's, little, that's, that's a little bit better. It's a little different. Somebody gave Roman Polanski money, exactly. but it wasn't you. No, it was, it was very secondhand. But yeah, <clears throat> Cul-de-Sac is a good like dark comedy thriller type film uh, of Polanski's. <laughs> okay, so this is my last question, and then we're going to move into the uh, this or that and the subgenre breakdown. Um... Ernest or Pee Wee, Ernest. and why? Ernest, because I've actually only, <laughs> dude, 
People will probably crucify me for saying this. I've never seen Big Top Pee Wee or Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Wow. I've well, seen Pee Wee's Playhouse, but I've also seen like all of the Ernest movies. Even the ones that, like, the legacy of Jim Varney would like to forget, like, Ernest Goes to Africa. Oh, with yeah. A, with a box artist and we're not a fucking yeah. Like, yeah. dude, it might as well be, like, Ernest Goes to fucking Fifth Ward and he's wearing blackface. Like, it's that bad. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. That, yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't know why, um, I don't know why I never watched Pee-wee movies as a kid. <laughs> I think, I think that, I, I think you should watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's as what I've adult. heard. Uh, because I think you could, I think you'll definitely see the value of it. Um, again, I'm not, like, I'm not champion either one, because I like both of them equally. I'm a, I'm a big both mark. Like, that's why I have this question on here, to see how other people kind of gauge it. But I think they both are good, and they both have their cultural importance. Yeah. And I think that Ernest is just, it resonates more with us in the South. In the South, absolutely. Because, yeah. like, you you knew an Ernest P. World growing yeah. up. But also, at the same time, I like seeing those actors play characters outside of those characters. Like, in Cheech and Chong's next movie, you have yeah. Paul Rubens playing yeah. the uptight hotel clerk. Yeah. Who's really funny in that. But then also, like... In fucking the Beverly Hillbillies movie of Jim Varney, yeah, playing Jed Clampett, and that's honestly I I fuck with that that Beverly Hillbillies ninety four. Jim Varney's in something else where he plays like a bad guy. Yeah, so I'm with the guy from Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah, Dedrick Bader. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Varney also just a good voice actor too, um, as the Slinky Dog and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess it's it's more outside of the earnest character that I have more of a respect for Jim Varney than I do Paul Rubens but then Paul okay. Rubens is like a great he's great too he's, he's in Blow and uh and he's in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah like Buffy the Vampire as a, Slayer as an asshole villain yep uh in Reindeer Games that he does the voice for one of the trick or treaters in Nightmare Before Christmas too oh man I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid yeah and he's in Mystery Man how could we forget that with Ben Stiller and Kel Mitchell. Don't forget um, Kel Mitchell and Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo. That, that movie has a better cast than it should. <laughs> and God. for that, because for that time, that is like a William H Macy's in that fucking yeah. movie. How did that movie not get like? How did that not do better? How did was it not a better movie? <laughs> I never saw it. Uh, it's it? fun. It's very fun to watch. But it is not a good I movie. I remember hearing it's kind of like that's kind of how that movie Evolution it's is. Got Tom Waits in it. It's like Evolution is a movie that has so much promise. Dude, no, no, no. I think <laughs> I think Evolution's actually underrated. I think it's a isn't good that, movie. Isn't it an Ivan Reitman movie? I don't know. Yeah, it's supposed to be Ghostbusters too. Yeah, basically, it was. Yeah, it's supposed to be like related. To but it, I think I think it's a legit good movie. I, think I haven't it seen is. it. I just, I just. Yeah, it's, it. I think you should check it out. It's. I'll funny. give it a shot. I'm pretty sure John funny. has it over here. It's fucking probably just probably. Okay, so we got those questions out of the way. These are more rapid-fire things. Uh, this or that, I'm going to give you two options, and you pick which one you like the best. All right. Uh, watching movies alone or with friends? Hmm, depends on the movie, but I'm going to say alone. Usually I do better watch a movie by myself the first time. Theater or at home? Again, depends on the movie. Um, like, it, I, I'm glad that I got to see Birdman in theaters for the first time, but I feel like it probably would have been one of my favorite movies of that year if I'd watched it at home. So, uh, I guess I'll say theater. Horror or sci-fi? Oof. Hmm. Again, I have so many, like, there's so many variables, because 
horror has like a lot of aspects that I enjoy, but then sci-fi can get a lot of existential shit out there. Uh, I'm gonna say horror because I like horror. More, I have more horror movies that I like than sci-fi movies. Action or drama? Drama. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a total. I'm a total like acting nerd. Yeah. So you, you get that way more than in, than you do in action. But also at the same time, I'll watch an Ingmar Bergman movie, but then I'll watch fucking John Wick right afterwards. So it's. A grab bag. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, can I say neither? Can I say that I like the Terminator franchise better because <laughs> I love the first two Terminator movies? Yeah, I'll allow it. Because <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm kind of, I like, I like A New Hope and I like Empire Strikes Back. That's really about it. I don't yeah. really care much for Star Trek. Okay. Uh, Alien or the Predator? Oh fuck. Uh, I'm gonna say Alien. I like the first one better. Freddy or Jason? That's a hard one. God damn, because I like, I like three from each franchise. Uh, Freddy, because he's more creative. <laughs> Jason's just kind of like unstoppable kill machine. And yeah, it's a little boring. Wayne and Garth or Bill and Ted? Cheech and Chong. Okay. I'll go with that, because okay. that was what I was into way before I was into either one of those. Jean-Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris? Oh, JCVD all the way, dude. Bloodsport? Yeah, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Bloodsport is like one of the best martial arts movies ever I don't made. think anybody said Chuck Norris No, because Chuck Norris is fucking... Uh, yeah, he's like a legit martial artist. Yeah, he fought Bruce Lee, but his movies... Terrible are, actor, though. His movies are fucking boring. <laughs> Watch Bloodsport, it's like, dude, they're showcasing like Muay Thai in here, and this is like, what, oh, 88? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's really ahead of its time. I fucking love Bloodsport. Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger. All the way. Sling Blade or Forrest Gump? Uh, Sling Blade because that is the only movie that has ever like inspired a series of songs in a band I was in. I don't know if you know this, but, <laughs> but when we were in Pig Mountain, Dube wrote like three songs that are all centered around Dwight Yoakam's character. Wow. In, in Sling Blade. We had a song called The Monster, The Shed, and The Baptism. And they were all loosely based on one of the songs uh the monster was actually based off of the dumb riff that dwight yoakam's shitty band is playing for Sick. one scene we wrote a whole fucking Sick. song around that we play that song we play that riff every now and then <laughs> like just fucking around yeah if like if i'm jamming with somebody then yeah yeah we, we we ended up structuring one of my favorite pig mountain songs around the like the dumb little chord progression that he plays in that one scene yes that nice. a, that song was a lot of fun to play i believe dube has said something about that before um that question actually has a little context that i'm gonna throw in here uh some of my listeners have already heard this story but i'm just want to keep it short but yeah. uh i actually came up with the idea to ask that question because uh last april joe bob briggs did a live show in charlotte yeah. and one of his uh, uh, his show is called Al Redneck Safe Hollywood <laughs> and one of his big points is there are two types of people in this world there's Sling Blade people and Forrest Gump people and he's like I'm hoping if you're here you're a Sling Blade person and the Sling Blade is so much darker <clears throat> yes because Forrest Gump Forrest Gump you can look at Forrest Gump as dark as like Ginny is just the worst human being in existence but yeah. if you look at it with like a golden heart, it's like, oh, she really, she just had to make a bunch of terrible mistakes before she came back to force. I just, I, I think that you don't, you, when people say that she's a terrible person, they don't take into account that the time period in which it takes place and how people with different uh, abilities mentally were yeah. were viewed yeah. in society. 
And uh, you know, if you if you take that into account, of course she would do that. Of course she would not want to be with him until it was like later the last on. Option. Yeah, like the last. Why she already has AIDS. because because that's the fucking culture that they grew up in. That's yeah. the culture they were a part of. Well, and like you know, there's there's parts of Forrest Gump that are like a lot of people really do because everyone just like, oh yeah, he tells you know uh, JFK that he has to go pee, but everyone yeah. forgets about the scene where like. Jenny is like throwing rocks at her old house. Like that's a really fucked up scene yeah. to think about. Cause, yeah. Like, I remember watching that movie as a kid and not really getting that her dad was molesting. Yeah. Her. You know, watching it as an adult, like this is really fucked up, Bob Zemeckis. Why are you putting this in your movie? Didn't put any of this in Back to the Future. All right, so we're wrapping it up here. I got just a subgenre breakdown left to do. All right. I'm gonna throw out a subgenre of movie, and you just tell me what your favorite movie is from that subgenre. All right, slashers. Ooh boy, um, does pieces count? Yeah, I count it because I fucking love pieces Sorry. because pieces is like seriously one of the most like phoned in, ham handed. <laughs> let's just make a gore pick for the sake of gore. Yeah. Like he sneaks a chainsaw onto an elevator. <laughs> Fucking come on! How does no one pick up on that? How do you not it, immediately? It had, it had some of the best taglines ever too. No, yeah, it's it exactly is it's what exactly you what you think it is, and you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw. Hey, mask. I know it's not my episode. I just want to chime in. Also, the police confiscate his chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> early on in the movie, and somebody has the same one for the elevator scene later on. <laughs> or like either that, or, or there's another one that I saw back in the day called Slasher. Um, me and my sister rented it from fucking armchair theater in Mount Holly, North Carolina. Shout out to anyone that fucking knows that joint. <laughs> Probably no one. Um, and it's one of those um, shot on home video Ooh, okay. type of movies. And the opening scene is seriously a guy, he has a meat cleaver and he's like bringing it up and he's like very daintily chopping into someone and then you just see a fucking Halloween Express prop severed arm just fall into a bathtub and it pans up. And he just grabs it and walks away, and it's like clearly a rubber arm. It was fucking hilarious, but yeah, because most of the time, if I'm going to be watching a slasher movie, I'm not watching it the same way I watch a fucking Ingmar Bergman movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching this because this is clearly a piece of shit. <laughs> like, because very few slasher movies do I ever take seriously. I'm trying to think if there is a slasher movie that I take seriously, and I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, because I mean, even even Scream and stuff like that is kind of tongue in cheek. In a way, Can- in its way. Candyman has. Oh no! The, now you're the, talking. The origin story for Candyman is much more realistic and fucked up than. But the fucking the cinematography of that original. Oh, Candyman, dude, I love I love Candyman, dude. Like the first Candyman is so fucking, fucking great. It's, it's I've, kinda... I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast already, but I saw it on the big screen this past oh, shit. this past uh. Oh, did you go to September was it at Airsley? At Airsley? Yeah. Oh, dude, I wanted to go to that so bad. Dude. All right, yeah, I'll change. I'll change time from pieces to Candyman because okay, Candyman is actually yeah, a fucking. Yeah, it's, it's a well-made yeah. movie with like heart. For sure, that movie's fantastic. Plus, uh, Tony Todd, dude. <sighs> fucking, if you could cast anyone, greatest dude to best dude. I've ever. heard he's a super nice guy. Super too. fucking cool. Isn't he in that remake of uh, Night of the Living Dead that Savini did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking great in that. He's he's allegedly gonna be in the new Candyman too. That's coming out in April. I mean. I don't think he's going to be the Candyman, uh, but I think he's in it. I think he has a, like a, a cameo or something. I mean, as long as they got like you know some yeah. homage to the original. The, the Helen Lyle character is going to be in it. Nice. 
So oh, yeah. it's supposed to be a spiritual sequel to oh, the dude. original. So you it's not like dope? a complete if fucking remake. Jordan Peele did like a new. Really, he's supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. He's producing it. He's producing it. Well, if he's involved yeah. in it, so it'll at least be fucking. Dope. It's it's coming out in April. Hopefully, it's better than that fucking Twilight Zone series yeah. he was involved with. Jesus Christ! I, don't, I didn't get to watch any of it. They had an episode where, it, yeah, it, it's like uh, there's a meteorite that's making all the men act like psychotic animals, and then it turns out that there was no meteorite. It's just that's men just, are psychotic animals. That's just <laughs> how it is, and I was like, dude, fuck off, like. That's I mean, mean, like you just—it's like not they, too far from from reality. I guess, but I mean, come on. There's a part where Ike Barinholtz's eyes turn blood red and his voice changes really deep. Yeah. But we're supposed to act like that's just how dudes are. Like, yeah. come the fuck on. You guys just forgot you had to write an ending to this episode. <laughs> like that's how it felt. Like, oh shit, we gotta wrap oh, this man. up. Oh, there was no meteorite. Speaking and, of speaking of Twilight Zone, though, I just watched an episode uh, on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had the actor that played Mickey and Rocky in it. Oh, I think it was uh, called Burg- the Obsolete Man. Bur- Burgess Meredith. Yeah, the Obsolete Man is what the name of the um, episode. A good, a good Twilight. It's fucking fantastic. A good Twilight Zone episode to watch is an incident in Owl Creek Bridge. <clears throat> um, that's not even a Twilight Zone episode. It's just a, uh, it's just a French short film that they broadcast, um, and it's like a dude being hanged um, <laughs> at the Civil War. Like basically, it's set in Civil War. Oh, okay. And, and you see this whole thing. Play. I don't want to spoil it for you, yeah. but like, dude, definitely watch it. I think I've Outbridge. seen that one. It's it's it's, it, it's not like any other Twilight yeah. Zone episode. And there's no dialogue. That's the thing too. Yeah. There's zero dialogue at all. It's really cool. Uh, surfer movie. Surfer movie? Yeah. Fuck! I don't even think I have one. God damn! Does Castaway count? No. Uh, then I'll just say Surf Ninjas. Yeah. Because that's the first one that comes that's to mind. That's the one I'm fishing for. Because <laughs> what else is there? Trucker movie. Oh my god, it's the elevator scene. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, trucker movie? Um, does High Tension count? <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah, I'll allow <laughs> With the severed head How does he sneak this on? <laughs> <laughs> this is... God damn. Alright, I'll take it back. Pieces over candy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Western. Western, uh, can I just say any Akira Kurosawa film since that's pretty much a ripping off? I'd, yeah. say, I'd say Yojimbo because Yojimbo is just basically <laughs> all of the Clint Eastwood man with no name movies. It's just in a samurai setting and it's okay. way better. Alright. Because I'm, I'm um, Revenge. Revenge, ooh, that's a toss up between. No, it's not a toss up at all because I Spit on Your Grave is a horrible movie. Uh, I'm going to say Last House on the Left even though the. As you say, the revenge. I spit on your grave is far superior to Last House on the Left. I don't know, man. The it's bad when the rape scene is like comedic, because that's supposed to be a very serious, dark scene, and she's seriously making googly-eyed, like cartoony faces while. Okay, being I'll raped. give you that. I'll give you that. It's she did horrible. oversell it, but but it is also fucked up. It's a good like, movie, though. That is fucked up that that dude loses his virginity raping a woman. That is yeah. horrifyingly yeah. dark and terrible. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's a toss-up between those two, and maybe, possibly, even though I know Rob Zombie movies, not very good, I kind of don't mind The Devil's Rejects. I'm not a bad, I'm not a, I do not badmouth Rob Zombie on this podcast. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, fucking I, do, I understand that people don't like his movies. Well, I, I, honestly, because, I mean... I like all of them except for maybe Halloween and Halloween I, I haven't seen those, I didn't want to see them, because I remember him saying, like, oh, I can't be scared of... 
But even of, the of Michael Myers, I gotta make him look like Corey Taylor from Slipknot. <laughs> even even his Halloween movies are okay. They're passable movies. Like they're not completely unwatchable pieces of shit. You know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I think I saw the first one, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this isn't bad. It's but different. It's very Lords different." Of, Lords of Salem. If you like weird, that movie's got your weird. <laughs> I mean, right I, there. I, I mean, David Lynch is one of my favorites. So yeah, I'm it's not quite. It. It's not genius like Lynch. Yeah, it's but it's weird. fucking weird. <laughs> but it's fucking weird. It's not a thinking man's movie. Um, fucking stoner movie. Oh Jesus Christ! I already said Chi Chong, but if I had to go with any stoner movie. That honestly does make me laugh and still makes me laugh. It's Cheech and Chong's next movie. Yes. Not even yes. the Up and Smoke one, dude. Next That's movie. That's the best. No, next movie's way better than with up fucking smoke. with Cheech's character Red. Yeah. How do you not fucking yeah. laugh hysterically? It's just Cheech Holy sheep shit. Just doing a fucking Texas accent the entire movie, <laughs> like, or or he's still driving them with funny little cars. Or like or when or when like that their neighbor is like is proud of his <clears> flowers and Chong yeah. is just like. Fucking redlining his motorcycle blowing yeah. exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's shit. Like it's the little stuff of those movies that makes me laugh more than like the overall plot of it. The fucking song, the Mexican American <laughs> song. Oh my god! Or did, and then Chong's version that he comes up with, and I'm just yeah, not even gonna yeah. repeat that we all know what it is. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I remember Doom actually uh, used to know the chords for that shit we would cover in practice. Don't tell him I told people that. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie movies. Mm. Um, mine would be the Argento cut of Dawn of the Dead. Okay. I like it because he he made it way more darker mm-hmm. and like brooding. He went with a different ending that seems much more plausible, but also at the same time. I like Return of the Living Dead for that same reason because to me the ending of Return of the Living Dead is exactly what would happen. Just fucking nuke them and yeah. contain that. That's exactly what would happen in a yeah. real life scenario. So it mine's a toss up between the Argento cut of Have you, have you seen either of the Dead Snow movies? No. Oh wait, no, I've seen the first one. I saw the first yeah. one at a bad movie night in Charlotte years ago and I was like, yeah. why is this on a bad movie night? This That's is actually a good movie. pretty good. The second one's even better. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember seeing the first one thinking, like, Nazi zombies, alright, whatever. You got you got everything good about the first one, plus it's in English, oh, and everything's turned up to, like, 11. Yeah, so, I'll like, there's more that. splatter, there's more humor, yeah, there's more English. everything. Oh, goddamn. Uh, <clears throat> vampires. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. I don't really care for vampire movies, to be completely honest. Um... Because I, I, I think vampires are kind of lame. I mean, you know, there's there's so many things. Like, you can only kill them through a stake through the heart. If I, I fucking mean, jabbed a stake through your heart, you're fucking dead, dude. Like, yeah. Oh, you can kill them with decapitation. Yeah. I can kill a person with decapitation the same way. Um, I guess I've had to say From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. Just because it's, yeah. it's barely a vampire movie. That's, a, that's actually the perfect way to go with a vampire movie. Or any creature movie. Honestly, because it, it starts out as just being like badass, like criminal movie where they just are like taking a family hostage, and then Selma Hayek is insanely hot, and Tarantino lives out his foot fetish on camera, and then it turns into a vampire movie. So yeah, I guess I'd go with From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, okay, uh, werewolf movie. Not too crazy about werewolf movies. Uh, so Teen Wolf then. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick, like, I don't even, I'm trying to think of, the only werewolf movie I've seen all the way through is either Silver Bullet or an American werewolf in London. Not even the oh, OG. Man. Have you not seen Wolf no. Cop? Paris is the one you're thinking about. No, I've seen, no, dude, I have not seen Paris. I've only seen no. London. Paris is, no, the Paris is the newer one. Paris is the newer one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of that has old dude from, yeah. from London. London's the original. London's the OG. OG. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the Howling movies. Um, <laughs> didn't really care for them that much. Now, werewolf movies to me are just kind of lame because I don't give a shit about werewolves. Like I, You gotta see Wolf Cop. I'll, I'll give Wolf it a shot. You gotta watch Wolf Cop. I think they talked about that on Red Letter Media. It's fucking film. hilarious. That might have been... It has my favorite transformation movie uh, <laughs> in any... Uh, werewolf movie because yeah. it starts at his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, I'll check that out. Then. So good. <laughs> There's a sex scene between the wolf cop and a woman, <laughs> and you got to see it. Uh, does see the it. does the anthropophagist beast count as a werewolf movie? I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. That. That's, I'm not familiar with that movie. No, it's, it's one of the video nasties, brother. Oh, okay. Brother. <laughs> uh, found footage don't like found footage movies, but if I had to pick one, it would be The Blair Witch Project, mostly mm-hmm. because of the, uh, I used to think that movie sucked until I watched, um, there's this awful YouTube series from a guy named Matt Pat, who does this shit, he's like, but that's just a theory, a game theory, but he has one called Film Theory, and his film theory is that there was ever, there was never a witch at all. These two dudes just lured Heather, whatever her name is, out into the woods just so they could kill her. Oh, wow. And when That's you, dark. Yeah, and see, whenever you watch The Blair Witch Project under that context, it makes the film so much more fucked up. Like, why yeah. would that guy intentionally lose the map? See, I thought that it was just them getting lost in the woods the whole time. Like, that, I think that that's the real story, is they just... Yeah. They just got lost and went delirious because yeah. they had been out in the woods. Which which is a scary scenario, but like when you put it into the context of like, no, these guys knew what they were doing the whole yeah. time. This is just a methodical. It makes it way worse. Fucked it's up way, way to worse. kill this girl. That makes that film so much more unsettling. So yeah. I'd have to either go with that because cause I've watched Cannibal Holocaust and that movie just sucks. Oh, it's, it's just uh, it's just not good. Absolute horseshit. Because it's a fucking Italian film, so let's just have everyone speak their native language, and we'll just dub it over in post, and it'll look like shit, and no one will care. Fuck. Yeah, sorry. Again. You went hard on that one. I, I hate I hate Campbell Holocaust. It's a All right. fucking piece of shit. Last but not least, movie with a wrestler. Oh, wow. Oh, god damn. You're really going to make me choose between Mr. Nanny and Blade Trinity? (laughs) Um, Movie with a wrestler? Fuck. They Live. Okay. You gotta go with They Live. That seems like that's that's people's, most people's go-to is They Live. Because it's the only good one of the bunch. A lot of people throw out Hogan movies all the time, though. What? You got Mr. Nanny, you got No Holds Barred, and then High Noon at Mega Mountain? Like, Like, uh, Santa with Muscles? I get Suburban Commando a lot. (laughs) No, wait, fuck that. Fuck all of those that I just mentioned. Santa Slay with Bill Goldberg. <laughs> that is my shit. I just watched that one that around movie Christmas time. is fucking ridiculous, because it's like, where else are you going to see Chris Kattan and Fran Drescher murdered in an opening the sequence? The entire budget is in that opening sequence. Absolutely, because the rest of it is just a fucking <laughs> shitty... whole damn thing. Oh. And then that fucking kid, the main kid, <laughs> goes on to be in that fucking atrocious pile of shit, the Bye Bye Man. Oh goddamn! Probably the worst goddamn movie I've ever oh, watched. Man, but now I'm starting to think about how how I ha- kind of have a soft spot <clears throat> in my heart for Ready to Rumble. 
Oh yeah, Ready to Rumble's good. There's a and fuck ton of wrestling. I was about to say, there's like <laughs> the entire WCW roster of that 2000s. movie's all about wrestling. Oh god, with fucking DDP like playing like a sh- he's like a shoot it's like a shitty version of himself. And he's like a shoot villain where he's like, yeah, he's like, no, we're gonna try to kill you, yeah. Oliver Platt. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for um, Oliver Platt too in that movie is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, he just he, you can tell he's like not giving a shit, but kind of giving a shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, ready to rumble. That movie, man. That They put the fucking belt on Arquette. So fucking... Okay, so I didn't know this until after listening to Shivani's podcast for a minute. <laughs> but apparently Bischoff was fired from WCW during this movie, while this movie was yep. going on. I thought he was still working there. No. But he was gone. And apparently the, the Cyrus character is just a big dig at Bischoff. Yeah, absolutely. Everything about him. It's just, just a, a huge dig. rib. Yeah, and I had no fucking clue as a kid. I was just like... Oh, no, you just uh, watch it and you're just thinking, like, oh, okay, Bischoff just didn't want to be in this because yeah. he's already... But, like, no, they're just totally taking shots fucking at Bischoff man. the whole time. I sat, I sat in my living room last night and we were watching, like, a bunch of promos where people were shitting on Vince Russo. Like, like not shoot interviews, like, real promos, mm. like, like, actual TV shit. And I was like, I'll be goddamned if I sit here and listen to people badmouth Vince Russo all goddamn night. <laughs> I mean, Which I was, it, it was really it, it, it was just a, it was just a sarcastic funny remark to make my leave from the room <laughs> but uh, it was just funny because like we literally watched one promo where it was like Tony Schiavone was uh, when he came out on TNA and was doing his oh, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I call it the Edge Lord Schiavone gimmick <laughs> yeah and uh, then there was like a flare one and Oh, like, dude! Did you ever see the one that Piper did in TNA? Yeah, that was that was the second one that they played. There was where the, he's like, was it like, was it part of your storyline to kill my yeah, brother? Yeah, like, my dude, cousin. This is getting too like, fucking real. That shit was mad real. And it's like, I get what you're going for, but at the same time, is this really appropriate to bring up Owen Hart's death in a fucking get promo? Get the fuck out of here! Get like, out of here. this is a bit too much. I don't care how close to him you were. That's I loved Piper to death, but that was fucked. But he was probably that was probably Piper when he was like you know hitting the blow pretty hard. Yeah. All right. So allegedly he was allegedly hitting the blow. All right. So that's all I got. Um, any Oscar predictions? <laughs> uh, a white person will win, guaranteed. Which reward? With any of them? All. Of all them? of them, because that's pretty much all it is—is is white people. Even though like people were like, "Dude, J Lo got robbed." The I don't know. Dude, about- Parasite is is. Pretty strong oh, yeah. in the runnings for, for Best Picture. But everyone was acting like Jennifer Lopez got robbed because of that because of her role in that piece of shit movie Hustlers. That movie sucked. I don't care. I haven't like, seen it. Don't watch it, dude. If unless you're like me, I watched it to see J Lo pole dance. Yeah. Because I've had a boner for her since. Oh, I was I'm, like, I'm totally gonna watch it at some point because absolutely. of the, the amount of booty in it. Probably. Oh, and, yeah, and that's the but only like, reason to watch it. If I'm being yeah. completely honest, because the rest of the film has zero substance whatsoever. If anyone should have got an Oscar nomination for that. It should have been Constance Wu. Because she's the main actress in it, and she's actually very good at it. I'm, I'm surprised. Like I was looking, and I don't think Aquafina got a like got a nomination. No, she didn't. And from what I understand, the farewell is pretty fucking good. To me, yeah. it's just like I, I I just have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that someone is named after a well, that's like a stage name. Boy. That's not her actual name. I knew that, but it's just yeah. like I don't know. To she's me, like a rapper too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> my, I'm, watch out for my new mixtape. Fucking Dasani. I put in. I put a. Uh, they're doing like a raffle at Vizart where you put in your uh, predictions. Yeah. And I put in one, and today Micah, my good buddy at Vizart, told me that statistically speaking, 
based on the odds, the, the gambling odds, because he gambles on the Oscars. Oh, God. He said, based on the gambling odds, I have the highest possibility of winning right now out well, of everybody. I mean, I mean, if you're gambling on anything else, like like the Oscars, it's fucking fixed anyway. So. Yeah, right. Like the Grammys. <clears throat> well, man. That's, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, dude. Um, now let's watch some fucking movies. Cool. Well, it looks like you survived this time. Come back next week. See if you can do it again. There'll be more thrills and chills awaiting on ourselves. Ha 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 ha!